0: Hey Gateway Church, great to be with you. I hope you are all keeping well. We are carrying on our series, Restless, and in this series we are looking at Jesus' invitation to each one of us as his followers to come and enjoy life with him, free from worry and anxiety and hurry. And we're asking this question really, I guess, in today's world with all of its busyness and all of its stresses, Can we really lay hold of that invitation and promise of Jesus? Augustine, many years ago, said this famous quote, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until we find our rest in you. And so over these couple of weeks, we're looking at some practices of Jesus' lifestyle that were central and essential to his life but practices which are largely alien and foreign to our culture and sadly often absent from the life of the church and from us as followers of Jesus. These practices all begin with S, which is nice and easy, therefore, to remember them. And they are this, silence and solitude, Sabbath, simplicity and slowing. And we often call these practices spiritual Disciplines and they're designed, I guess, to help us live life with God the way that He has designed us to live life in His kingdom. In fact, it's the only way that really of living life that really works because they help us and enable us to rest in God. Jesus warns us in Luke chapter 21 that if we try and live life in any other means through any other value system that our hearts will be weighed down with the anxieties of life. And so today we're going to explore the practice of simplicity which is an incredibly countercultural rhythm it is an incredibly countercultural perspective on life and how to live life compared to how the world thinks that we should live. John Mark Homer, in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, speaking about simplicity, says this, the way of Jesus calls us to create space in life, in our schedules, in our homes, and in our finances for what really matters. Simplicity invites us to live life with Jesus, to abide in his goodness, and enjoy life to the full in his kingdom. We we live in a culture of affluence, a culture of relative comfort and ease, and yet nevertheless, our lives really are not that simple and straightforward. We're told over and over by the world that our job, our purpose is to search out the good life, whatever our vision for that may be. And it tells us over and over that the good life is found in the accumulation of stuff and wealth to satisfy our desires. It's often referred to as the propaganda of more. More is better, the world tells us. It provides you with the joy and comfort and security that your hearts crave. And so we search for things that make us happy And yet we, at the same time, live with this deep and nagging sense that we never have enough. Enough time in the day or enough money in the bank. And because of this, our souls are restless and they're striving for something more. John Mark Homer goes on to say this, In the 21st century, gaining new stuff is what it means to be human. We now get our meaning and our identity in life from what we consume. And the thing is this, that it works. Advertisers know this. Social media reinforces it to us daily. Accumulation of stuff does bring joy into our lives, or at least the feeling of joy for a while until it begins to ebb off, and, or until the advertisers say to us, hey, you know that new gadget that we told you about last year that would revolutionize your life. Well, guess what? Now there's a new one that's better. And that old one's useless in comparison to this new one. What you need is this new one, and then you'll be fine. But accumulation of stuff only brings joy for a short while, maybe for a year, or occasionally it might bring it for your earthly life. But this life is not all that there is. This life is not all that we were made for. The actor Jim Carrey says this, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see it is not the answer. So is the solution to unhurrying our souls and resting in God as simple as as a practice called simplicity. The cultural reaction of our day to accumulation is this. Basically, can all my stuff simplify down my life, my possessions, my diary, my house, and my work? Minimalism is the cultural buzzword for simplicity. Living on less to overcome the weight of things and their pressures. Minimalism, they say, opens the door to true happiness. And it sounds so good. Give up everything that clutters your life and gets in the way. Follow this one simple rule for life and you will be free, it offers. If accumulation of stuff, of more and more stuff didn't work for you, hey, try this. It's an alternative way to to live the vision of the good life. And sure, minimalism can be a healthier lifestyle choice than just accumulating stuff. It frees our time and frees our money and it reduces complexity in life. And actually, it's quite a good thing every now and again, isn't it? Just to take stock of what you have. And do I really need this stuff? Can I pass it on or just get rid of it from my life? We're going to dig into this issue of simplicity in Luke Chapter 12. We haven't got time to engage with all of it today, so maybe you want to pause the video and find your Bible and read through Luke chapter 12, but we're going to pick up in verse 13. Someone in the crowd came to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? And then he said to them, Watch out be on your guard against all kind of greed, for life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And Jesus told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no space to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. God. In Luke 12, we meet two guys, and one of whom is in Jesus' parable, and he has achieved his vision for the good life. Hey, I'm going to say to myself, look at this. My bank is full. I can just now kick back, play golf, drink beer, nice wine, go on holidays, buy a second home. Life is good. And yet Jesus calls him a fool. The other guy that we're introduced to comes to Jesus in this frantic state, trying to keep his vision for the good life alive, saying, Jesus, you've got to tell my brother to split the inheritance and share my portion with me. And yet Jesus refuses to do this man's request. He replied, who who appointed me to be a judge or an arbiter between you? Jesus' point is clear. He's saying this, I was not appointed for this kind of Judgment. It's not that what you ask isn't important, but it isn't primary. If you come to me, Jesus says, and ask me for anything before you have given me your everything, then you don't understand who I am or what I am appointed to do. That is what Jesus is conveying here in this parable and to the guy who comes and asks him this request about money. And Jesus is saying this, my mission is to tell you what your life is and what your life really consists of. You see, you think, Jesus says, that your life is about the good life, your vision of whatever that may be. But And so it, Jesus says, if I was to do what you ask of me, you would be no happier and no healthier because you wouldn't be free. Jesus came to set us free from what he called the deceitfulness of wealth, the lousy God of money, with all of its false promises that stuff and accumulation brings us satisfaction and security in life. He he simply says this, I am not here to get you things that you think will give you a good life. I'm here to be your life. I'm here to set your life on fire and revolutionize your life. I'm here to give your life a whole new agenda. I'm here to make you rich toward God. That's Jesus' purpose. That's what his mission is. And he's saying this, anything else that you hold out as a vision for a good life is just a bubble that is one day going to burst. And that's the reason that this man has a franticness and a restlessness of soul in hoping that Jesus can fulfill for him his vision of the good life and not realizing what it is that Jesus is actually offering him. Even as followers of Jesus, isn't it true that we can still hold on to our vision of the good life? And then we wonder why so often we have restless souls. If simplicity as a spiritual discipline isn't simply a less is more approach to life, then what is it? Well, the psalmist in chapter 37 describes, I think, simplicity like this. Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. And Jesus, as we've read in Luke chapter 12 verse 15, says that life does not consist in the abundance of possessions, literally What he's saying here, the Greek is this, you do not exist in your possession. Jesus invites us into his promises and he invites us into freedom like the hope of minimalism, but not simply to rid ourselves and declutter ourselves from possession for the sake of it, but into an eternal freedom, into an eternal hope. And Jesus invites us and promises us The joy like that held out by accumulation, but not just a temporary fleeting joy, but rather a deep and abiding, an eternal and an infinite joy. The Apostle Paul described simplicity as a practice to Timothy like this. He said, godliness with contentment is great gain. This simplicity of life, this practice of simplicity, actually defined the Apostle Paul's life. And in Philippians chapter 4, we read Paul saying this, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Did you hear what Paul said there? There's a secret to simplicity as a rhythm of life. There's a secret to godliness there's a secret to contentment godliness and contentment grows not through the pursuit of a process of simply decluttering or through accumulation of stuff but through the presence and pursuit of a person his Paul's secret in 1 Timothy 1 Timothy 3:16 you can go and read it yourselves his secret is simply this Jesus Christ is the mystery of godliness. We're to simplify our lives around the person and the presence of Jesus Christ and his life. We're to simplify our lives by having a God-centered life, not a stuff life or a no-stuff life. And this was central to Jesus' way of life that he invites us into. And it's this truth that Our hope is to be in something more, something beyond this material world that we live in. Our hope is to be in something beyond that, namely God. And that is why Jesus, just a few verses later in Luke 12, goes on to say to his disciples, Hey guys, you don't have to worry about what you eat or what you wear or what you're going to drink or where you're going to sleep. God knows what you need. And God will provide it for you. Jesus says, hey, this is what you need to worry about. Simply this, seek first his kingdom. And all these other things that everybody in the world is worrying after and has anxiety over and is working so hard for, God will add these to you also, Jesus says. It means that we can give ourselves away to things that have eternal value things that last. It's the same point that Jesus is making as he says to the crowd in verse 21 of Luke 12, be rich towards God. Some things are temporary things. They're just earthly treasures. Here today, gone tomorrow. They're not, they don't last. They don't make it through into heaven. But there are some things in life, some things in eternity, which last. They don't stop. They are of eternal value. God lasts forever. God's kingdom will last forever. God's word will last forever, as we read in Isaiah 6. And then people also last forever. Listen to this just a little further on in Luke chapter 12. Jesus says to his disciples, sell your possessions and give it to the poor. And in doing so, provide for yourselves Purses that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Being rich toward God, seeking first his kingdom, living with godliness and contentment is a simplicity of the soul and a rest in God that is freedom in life. It means, therefore, that you are free. You are free and you don't need to store up for yourself a barn full of wealth and treasure and possessions. It means that you are free, in fact, to empty any barn you might have into into God for his sake, for his kingdom's sake, for his gospel's sake, and for the sake of people. This is a joy for us because actually in the Christian life, giving is at the very centre of every single thing really that it means to be a follower of Jesus. It's at the centre of all we do and all we are because giving is at the very heart of who God is. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty, we might become rich. Simplicity of life. Godliness with contentment. Being rich towards God means that you are free to live in the good of Jesus' promises. I just want you to listen to this promise of Jesus in Luke chapter 6, and I think sometimes we read these things, and we don't really believe them when we hear them. Listen to this. Jesus said these words, give, and it will be given to you. In good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be put into your lap. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Charles Spurgeon, the great Baptist preacher, gave us a litmus test to show us if we are really resting in God, if we really are living with simplicity in life as a practice just like Jesus. He he gave us this litmus test and he simply said this, the one way that you know that Jesus Christ is precious to you is that nothing else is. The one way you know that Jesus Christ is precious to you is because nothing else is. And this is the good news to each one of us today in the midst of a crisis, an epidemic, in the midst of hearing news beginning to roll around about an unprecedented economic, financial uh, disaster looming. The invitation of, to you today from Jesus, whether you know him and follow him, or whether you've never followed Jesus before, is that you can come with all of your anxiety, all of your worry, all of your striving for the good life, and you can, you can just leave it behind. And you can say, I'm not living for my vision of the good life any longer. And you can simply come to Jesus and cling to him and let your soul find rest in him. That's what Jesus offers you today, to come and simplify your life, to get rid of the cares and the anxieties and the pressures of the world and to find joy and deep peace, abiding hope in Him today. I just want to pray for you today that if that's where you are in your life, maybe you just want to respond by closing your eyes, maybe just opening out your hands before God and just welcoming him today and saying, Jesus, if this is true, would you come and help me to live this simplicity in my life? King Jesus, we love you and we thank you that you came to give us your vision of life. You came to invite us into your kingdom. And in doing so, you, you came to make us heirs along with you of the riches of God that we now no longer have to live for ourselves because we live in you and for you and we get to enjoy life with you. We get to enjoy life with God, no less. What a joy to us. And I pray for anyone who is listening today, I pray that your peace and your hope and your joy would flood into their lives in new ways in these days. I pray that, Jesus, we would be a people in Gateway who no longer live with a vision for our own lives, but in these days, in these unprecedented times, unprecedented days, this new era that we are living in, that we would be those who wholeheartedly embrace your vision for our life, that we wholeheartedly live with the simplicity of life that you invite us to, not consumed with stuff and worry and the cares of the world, but consumed with you, O oh Lord. We bless all you want to do in us today. And for those who are anxious in soul and worry and carrying a hurriedness of spirit today. I just pray your peace upon them for their, for their joy, for their peace and comfort. Come Holy Spirit. Come and bring rest today to lives, I pray, for those who are worrying right now in the midst of all that's going on and just speak the peace and blessing of God into your life. May his face shine upon you. May he give you hope and a future for your joy and for the glory of God. In his mighty name.